The more open you are, the more opportunities you create and the more value you would create for the company. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovation Roundtable Insights Podcast. That's Fabio Tentori from NL. I manage the network of innovation hubs of NL, all of the connection that we have with startups. And recently we started also a business incubation process that I'm managing for the group. At our workshop hosted by DSM and Maastricht, Fabio discusses with our colleague Kim the best practices when collaborating with startups and provides advice to those struggling working with them. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Fabio, and thank you for joining us at Innovation Roundtable. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be, to be here. Maybe you could talk a bit more about the innovation principles of NL. How do they look like and how do the innovation hubs connect to them? So um, the, the basic and most important innovation principle for Enel is uh, sustainability. What we do is to be sustainable in the long term. We really believe that as a company, as an energy group, what we want to do is fighting climate change. And so all of the actions that we take in our innovation is towards fighting climate change. So we find any new technology, any new services, any new business model, they can allow our group to be more efficient, flexible, can allow on the traditional businesses. Uh, we also look for things that generate new revenues, but everything needs to be sustainable in the long term. No fossil fuel, renewable energy, smart grid, digitalization, all of these very important uh, concepts. Interesting. So I'd like to move on to startup, the startup collaboration that you're working with at Enel. So how has the model evolved over time? I'm, so I'm aware that you had an investment model and then became a venture client model, and now you're also co-creating with startups. So could maybe talk about how that has evolved over time? So it's um, uh, um, yeah, it has been a, it has been a journey, as you as you know, when when you are a big corporation, a big traditional corporation, and you are changing completely the way that uh, that we work. Uh, this process started about six years ago when we had our new CEO Francesco Starace, and uh, with him we started to we, we decided also that it would have been a, a super interesting and uh, and and good thing for us to work with startups, right? And at the beginning, we started with a CVC. We did a little bit of investments here and there, small investments. But it was, um, I think it was a little bit too complicated because uh, we spent the majority of our time in thinking about uh, financials, uh, thinking about how to make the terms, you know, like focusing on things that in reality, I don't think we are particularly good at because we are not like a venture capital fund or we are not like a, you know, a bank or anybody working from a, from a strong banking background. And we missed, I believe, the most important part, which is actually to create an industrial value by collaborating with startups. And this is why um, at a certain point we decided that we should leave that apart and you know, take out all of the hassles of uh, going through this complicated contracting and uh, uh, negotiating and, and, and all of that on the financial side. And we decided to focus more just on the industrial side of our partnership with startups. Um, it's also a realization at the end that uh, um, at the end of the day, um, if you are in very good uh, ecosystems, uh, such as, for example, you know, very evolved ecosystems, such as, for example, San Francisco, Boston, Tel Aviv, and all the other places where we have 
our innovation hubs, it's never a question of finding the first money for the startup. It's more a question, for the startup, it's more a question to finding a client. Mm. Once you have a client, then it's much easier to go and look for equity that can come from big investors, that can come from venture capital funds. Okay. And so we decided that what we do for the startup is become their clients. What they do for us is uh, giving us access to impressive technologies, impressive new business models, mm. anything new, anything innovating that we sincerely we would not be able to to do ourselves right it would be so much more expensive for us to recreate the same thing that a startup is already is already doing and so by the realization of uh, of these two things we we put them together and we decided to go on the venture client model okay interesting so now i'm curious um how do you ensure that you're actually you know finding the best and uh uh, the best possible startups. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a good question, yeah. but uh, I mean, I, I really believe it's, it's, uh, it's impossible to ensure that you find the best, you yeah. know, like we're, we're not fools here. Like we, we know that when, when sometimes they say, I was, uh, I was in inside a couple of days ago, I was telling you before, and uh, there, was a, there was a guy asking, yeah, but how do you ensure that you find the most disruptive startups and mm. you take it with you? I don't, I'm, I, I'm not sure about that. Like, it's impossible, you know? <laughs> let's, let's, be, let's be clear and let's be honest. What, what we do, we try to scout for the best um, all over the world. We are very globally open. We don't look just to locally places like Italy, Spain, or South America where we are. We, we do look into those places because we find a lot of little gems that it's, it's, it's really good and they have amazing technology that can help our group. But we also open up to more international ecosystems like San Francisco, Boston, uh, Tel Aviv. We are now starting to look into Australia as well, Southeast Asia. So we would like to cover all over the world because we believe that technology is a democratic thing. So it's, it's everywhere. You just need to try to find the best. And how we do that? Anytime that we are scouting for something, we put a little bit of competition between the different hubs and uh, when we are looking for something big you know when we are looking for something very wide we put a little bit of competition between the different hubs so that we can have uh, more proposals and once we get all of the proposals then we review them with the line of business and we decide which one is the best to move forward okay actually could you give an example from the past that you've done uh with a competition that the innovation hubs have had? So, like, yeah, competition is a big word, right? Uh -huh. uh, so more than a competition, it's something, it's something like this. So, we, so how we structured ourselves, we have innovation, uh, like the, the, the project, the innovation project are done directly in the business line. So there is an innovation manager in each business line with a team of 20, 30, 40 people, depending how big of the business unit the business line is. They do the projects, we do the scouting at a central level. What they do, the innovation manager, they ask us, they give us their challenges. They ask us for help to find solutions to some challenges that they have inside their business unit of the group, right? What we do in this case, if it's a very, like uh, something that needs to be found very fast, and uh, for example, it's very specific, it's like uh, cybersecurity, we don't open it up to all of the hubs because we know that cybersecurity, if you go and look in San Francisco and in Tel Aviv, 
you are most likely to find very good solutions. Okay, so it's useless to start opening it. When instead you're looking for something related to electric mobility, then you can open up a little bit more because you know that in Tel Aviv, in Israel, there's a lot going on. In San Francisco, with autonomous car, but also with electric in itself, there's a lot going on in Boston as well. And so what we do is we don't create a competition. We just ask to each of the hub manager to activate their network, to look into their connection with venture capital funds, universities, um, accelerators, incubators, all of the network that they created in the ecosystem. And then we ask them to give us the best startup that does that particular thing. Once we have the list, we go through with the business line. Of course, we miss something, I'm sure 100%. And I'm not, and I, and I, again, I'm not fool. Like I know that sometimes we make errors also in the decisions, but by doing it in this way, we de-risk ourselves and we, we, yeah. we know that at least we have like a comprehensive enough uh, uh, clarity you know, on, on the situation. And, and we know that these are the 10 or 20 startups that could do good for us. And then we, we start working with them. And what do you think are some of the challenges with scouting for startups? So, <coughs> different. Mm-hmm. Uh, one uh, for sure is that um, even if uh, we structured our innovation quite, uh, quite, quite well, like we uh, sometimes I even think that we almost overstructured because we have innovation committees, we have you know reporting lines and all of that. So even if we structured it very well. Uh, Sometimes uh, we are still uh, a little bit slow in giving feedback, uh, especially on the the first part of the interaction with the startups. Startups sometimes are particularly fast, especially in very evolved ecosystems, because they're not just waiting for Enel. They can have another energy company or another tech company which is interested in getting into energy that reach out to them. And so, like, the situation is like, you know, the faster you are, the, the, the better it is. So this is one of the challenges that we have. We try to overcome this by being more transparent and be as, transpa- as transparent as possible. Um, we also try to, to you know, to, to tell to startups that sometimes, uh, you know, taking super fast decisions maybe uh, doesn't bring to a successful uh, business cases does, doesn't bring to a successful collaboration, right? Yeah. So sometimes it takes us a little bit longer of time, but then once we have the startups and we start the collaboration, we are more sure that we are able to implement it uh, in, in our businesses on a, on a later stage. Another challenge that, I, that we have uh, still in these very evolved ecosystems is uh, um, having uh, startups responding to you, right? Because uh, it is true, we are Enel. We are one of the leaders in energy transformation, maybe the leader in energy transformation, very innovative energy company. But still, we are talking about San Francisco, Boston, Tel Aviv, Southeast Asia, Australia. So even if they know us, we have a presence there. We have grown our network. Um, still, uh, uh, you know, like we don't have like a, a mainstream name, like a, I don't know, a Google, you know, or or, a, or an Amazon that everybody knows. And so this is another challenge, like making sure that uh, in the ecosystem uh, they understand who we are and they understand well what is the real opportunity for them to work uh, to work with us.
Okay, and I'd actually like to go more into some of the challenges that corporates usually come across when dealing also with startups. With so, what about intellectual property? Mm -hmm. um, how do you um, ensure that there's openness uh, uh, during external collaborations? So, intellectual property is um, is uh, yeah is is always um, a little bit tricky, you know, to mm. to deal with intellectual property. The way that we do is um, um, is very simple. Consider that uh, the majority of the collaborations that we do with startups uh, are uh, with uh, uh, startups companies that already have reached a technology readiness level of like four, five, six, or higher, um, which means that they already have done prototyping and you know all of this, all of the stuff, and so probably the majority of the cases, they already have also their own patents, right? And so if they have their own patents, um, we don't have much to, to say on that, right? The only thing that we can do is, if everything goes particularly well, it gives a, 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 a the, the collaboration or that particular technology give us a very good competitive advantage, then maybe the best thing to do is to proceed with an acquisition, right? Or merger acquisition or, or something or something like that. In the cases, and, and but but this is not happening on a regular basis. Like uh, we we really believe that the majority of the cases, collaboration, especially in the energy sector, um, they give you competitive advantage. But but it's not the technology in itself. Uh, is how fast you are able to implement that technology. How fast you are able to be the first one to implement that technology. So, if that particular technology then gets implemented also by somebody else. Uh, it's not a problem. It's actually sometimes even a good thing because um, imagine you're a startup, you work with Enel, and you do something with us, we implement the technology, then you go to another big competitor of Enel, you do the same technology, and you come back with us, also, to us, also with a more, uh, you know, like, foot through and, uh, and revise the technology that could be still good for us as well, right? So there's this kind of exchange of, uh, information and learning from, from different experiences that come also from these collaborations. In any case, in the energy sector, like the, the real competition is, uh, yeah, it's, there is some competition on technology, but not on every, on every aspect. And so when you open to cybersecurity, IoT, artificial intelligence, like if, um, if, if I'm studying a uh, like an algorithm or something that can make my power plants more flexible, it's okay also if my competitor has okay. it, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a big, uh, no. a big problem. Yeah. So now I'd like to go more on the organizational aspect of organizing innovation teams. Mm -hmm. So what do you think characterizes successful innovation teams? What you know, skills or capabilities do you think are crucial? Uh, for these types of teams in company? So, <coughs> sorry, I think that um, there are several skills that need to be put together in the same teams uh, when, when it comes to innovation. Um, first of all, I would separate uh, uh, different jobs within innovation, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, there is like the innovation boss, the chief innovation officer, uh, who needs to be like a creative person, like somebody with a real drive, somebody very with, 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 a, with extremely good leadership. But this is kind of normal in every chief position, like you need to have leadership, right? 
um, when it come, when you when you come down to to the jobs that we do, um, when you do scouting, I think that what is super important is the ability to connect to people and to build a very strong network of people that like trust you and they listen to you. And you can do that if you have, uh, for sure, you need to have a little bit of a technical understanding of what you're saying. Like you cannot go around just as a PR manager. That's not, that's not your job. But at the same time, you have to have uh, a lot of uh, like soft skills and being able to connect to people. Don't be shy. Uh, you know, open up um, and, and, and be very like open to, to opportunities, like don't turn down opportunities, like always try to ask more questions to understand, to understand better. This is the job uh, that I would say is for the, on the scouting side. When it comes to doing the projects, uh, uh, you need to have, uh, of course, people that have uh, a strong business sense uh, and also people that have a strong technological knowledge. And this is because uh, uh, when it comes to a collaboration between startups and uh, like a, a group, uh, like a real you know, business unit, uh, um, that particular technology somehow needs also to be integrated in what your group, what your business unit already has, right? Yeah. And so you need somebody from the beginning that know the processes, that know like, the technologies that we have, uh, and that is also open to, you know, disrupt them or change them completely, but has a very in-depth knowledge of what, uh, of what we have. The combination of this knowledge and the business sense uh, create like the best uh, situation for the team for uh, a successful collaboration. And now that you mentioned that, so when do you decide, let's say a partnership is not really working out? Mm -hmm. When, how do you decide on when, let's say, to just stop the collaboration? Um, how do you know, basically? Uh, okay, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine it's really tough. It's, because, it's tough, yeah. Because it's, um, so, for us, it's tough, but after a certain point, because as I was telling you before, our model is not investing no. in equity, mm. which means that the startup is more free to do what they want, but we are also more free as well to, you know, like not having any legacy if we decide to shut down something. Um, having said that, uh, like I think uh, we, we try to be transparent and make it clear from the beginning, we align on the goals that we have from the collaboration. We know that we want to demonstrate certain thing, like a certain, whatever, improvement in the flexibility or uh, efficiency or uh, you know we, we set several kpis yeah. and then we track these kpis uh, and the timing as well that it takes to reach them um, there are some projects that we know already from the beginning they will be very long and so we are more open to to wait for results there are some projects although that we know that you know if we are not able to deliver in six to twelve months is maybe because either there's not a good feeling between us and the startup startup is not able to do what, what they say that they would do, or, or even us, even us could be us not being able to do what we say that we, that we would do, you know, it's, it, because in the collaboration is always the two aspects, right? Yeah. Um, and so in these cases, uh, um, we have the team that does the project, the startup, and then we have my team who 
is doing, yes, the scouting, but is also doing the monitoring of all of the activities and all of the projects that we do with startups. And at a certain point, if we see the results are not coming, we get in and try to understand why and try to make everybody, you know, like step back a little bit, think about the situation and then take a decision on uh, whether to move on or not to move on. Okay. And do you have any advice to companies that are, let's say, struggling working with startups? It depends on what. A lot of struggles. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, like the 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 biggest struggles that we had and we still have, um, could be like related, for example, to the procurement process. Being mm -hmm. a big corporation, yeah. and on that, uh, uh, the best the best suggestion is just to involve procurement from the beginning. There, I mean, in Enel, we figure out that they are an amazing team, extremely helpful. They have to you know, protect Enel with all the processes and bureaucracy is not done just for doing, you know, it's mm. done because there is a need to protect the company from from certain aspects, no, of, of, of the business. But at the same time, if you involve them from the beginning in your practice and you make sure that you create a good relationship with them, with the legal team, with the operation team and with, with the administration and all of that, things can go uh, much, much faster. Um, so this is one of the one of the suggestions then uh, i think the other suggestion is uh, being very clear and yeah. align your objectives the startups objectives from the beginning and don't be shy to fail just mm -hmm. at the end of the day you know like you, you do 100 projects maybe five of them will get implemented in the business that's okay it's just business as usual mm -hmm. the startup knows that that's the situation we should know as well that that's a situation. It didn't used to be the same when we were doing things just ourselves, but now that we are open to the world, we need to fail faster and then move on, learn and redo. And if in the redoing uh, it's not the same startup or it's not the same team, but it's another team in Enel or another startup, that's okay. Like it's, uh, you know, the learning comes and uh, things will get implemented at the end. So throughout this sort of learning process and your career within innovation and startup collaboration, what would you say is one of the most important learning that you've had in your career so far? The most important learning that I had so far, I think, is uh, uh, the realization that the more open you are, the more opportunities you create and the more value you would create for the company. I know it sounds like very theoretical, but uh, I, I didn't come from innovation before, so I, I learned through the process. Mm. And I've always been used to, you know, like try to uh, ditch some of the opportunities uh, right at the beginning, you know, and, you know, those five to ten minutes listening and then, oh, this is not for us, this is not interesting. Mm. Um, what I learned now is to ask more questions and try to be open, open my mind to look into the opportunity. Sometimes you realize that even by, uh, say, asking more questions and l learning a little bit more about the history and the technology and the startups in itself, uh, you can find value for your company and you can find value from a potential uh, collaboration. So I would say be more open and... Uh, and less uh, like focused on your day-to-day -day activities. All right, thank you so much, Fabio, for all the interesting insights.
And I hope you enjoyed the rest of Innovation Roundtable. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to meet you and it was a pleasure to, to have this interview with you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. You can find our show in most podcast apps. Subscribe for free to get the latest episodes. The video and the transcript of this podcast and all of our other exclusive interviews can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to a wide variety of exclusive content, including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with thousands of other corporate innovators, share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation, HR, and marketing practitioners in large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your 15-day free trial account.